Fuego Talks Wrestling. I am your host, Benny Fuego, and this podcast is all about wrestling. Welcome to episode two of Fuego Talks Wrestling. And man, so much has been going on. I'm not even going to get into why it took so much time to get into episode two. That's not important. What's important is wrestling, and I am here with you to talk all about it. Yes. And man, I'm pumped. This week has been crazy. This week has been crazy, and we're going to get all into it. We're going to get into the you know whole uh, NXT invasion. We're going to get into uh, AEW getting ready for full gear happening this Saturday. We're going to get into all of that. WWE, I mean, there's been some controversy of the whole Saudi Arabia plane right thing and if you're not familiar with it then I'm not going to get into it quite honestly because I think it's just a bunch of nonsense so here's the thing about this podcast is like there's a bunch of drama a bunch of you know beef a bunch of things that go on in professional wrestling that actually have nothing to do with wrestling at all and I'm not the type of podcast this ain't going to be the podcast where we talk about you know all of those things uh this podcast is mainly just talking about the wrestling so if you want to know more about the whole Saudi Arabia plane incident, whatever. Uh, There are plenty of wrestling podcasts out there that will uh, keep you up to date with what's been going on, what happened, rumors, innuendo, I mean not innuendos, but you know, just rumors and things and whatever's been going on. And honestly, this is not the podcast for you if that's what you're looking to hear. Uh, This is going to talk only about the wrestling storylines, the action in the ring, uh, the signing of new talent, um, the way they uh, the way they broadcast, the way they do set design, color schemes, all of that that has to do with the actual presentation of wrestling. That's what we're going to talk about here. And so I'm glad if you are still here, I'm glad that you're here. So I'm going to say it again. Right now is the best time to be a wrestling fan. And the reason for that is because you have so many companies out there right now joxing for position, trying to get your attention, doing whatever they can to be different from one another. I think that's probably the most exciting thing is that, you know, back in the 90s, in the mid-90s when uh, Nitro, uh, WCW came out with Nitro, um, I mean... For the most part, you could tell the difference between WCW and WWE, but for the most part, it was wrestling. It was the same type of a product being put out there. It was really all about who can do it better. And now, the beautiful thing about now, and this is why I think this 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 era right now is different than what many call the Attitude Era, which was WCW versus WWE or WWF at the time. Um, what makes this era different is that you have like four major companies out there right now, maybe even more. You know, you got your WWE, you got AEW. Uh, NXT is part of WWE, but it's almost like its own thing. Um, you got MLW, you got Impact Wrestling, you got uh, AAA, Lucha Libre, you got The Crash, you got, uh, and then you got all these indie promotions all over the US. Um, and they're all great. But when I'm talking about the major. Uh, shows w you know wcw no aw wwe nxt the beautiful thing about this era is that they're even though they're all out there and they're all 
pretty much on on cable TV for everybody to watch. They are all different from one another. It's not necessarily about who can do it better. It's about who can do what they do great. And it's awesome because guess what? That means if you're if WWE is not really your thing, like if you're more into um you know some some more a more sports element in your wrestling a more uh competitive in-ring action then there's that for you if you're more into like the storyline and characters and 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 just the craziness of professional wrestling that's out there for you too if you're into more of like an international styles uh, coming together and, and and putting on a product there's that there for you too and if you're just in it to see old 70 year old guys who were in their prime in the 70s and 80s and there's that for you too the beautiful thing about this Aaron wrestling is that there's something for everybody and that's the that's the beautiful thing about this era so that's what makes it different from the attitude era that's what makes it really special is that there's different type of wrestling out there. We're going to get into that a little bit, especially when we talk about uh, AEW and the way they, they put their talent, the way they, uh, I mean, they have characters, right? But, I mean, just the way that they make their talent look on TV and how they make them seem as people, it's really great. But I want to get into probably the, the, the hot topic of, of this week. And it all started with Friday night smackdown last week and the invasion of nxt let me just start off by saying um and and mind you going into friday night smackdown it didn't seem like it was going to be a great show because um you know a lot of talent were stuck in saudi arabia because of crown jewel they had some travel issues so it looked like it was going to be a very light crew it didn't look like they were going to have you know your heavy hitters like roman and bray and and uh, i think um there were a few others that were not there. The tag team champions, uh, the Revival, obviously, were not there. Uh, the the New Day weren't going to be able to. So, so you had all these top talents for a SmackDown that were not going to be on the show, and that was going to be a problem. The big news heading into SmackDown was the fact that SmackDown had two champions. They had the WWE champion in Brock Lesnar and the new Universal champion in Bray Wyatt, or The Fiend. And him beating Seth. Now, the big thing was, okay, now what's going to happen? Because now we have two world champions on SmackDown. Well, SmackDown kicks off with a bang, right? And and honestly, this um, type of uh, storytelling was a little bit lazy for me. Um, So Brock basically came out, Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman talks for him. Paul Heyman says, Brock's quitting SmackDown. He's going to Raw because he wants to settle the beef with Rey Mysterio. And this is where it kind of got a little lazy for me because, like, okay, now this is how they're going to get away with trying to get one championship over to Raw, you know, and doing that whole thing. For me, honestly, I know that, um, well, now we know that Ray is cleared for action because he's got a title match against Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series. But this is what I would have done. SmackDown, you come out. Brock Lesnar comes out. Talks about how he beat Cain Velasquez, which he did, and he did it in like a minute 30. It was a great, I liked it, I enjoyed it. But he, you know, Paul Heyman comes up and nobody can defeat Brock. Brock just uh, conquered the one guy who had something over him and he's done. Then I would have had Ray come out. Say, hey, Brock, don't you remember at, at Crown Jewel that, yeah, you won your match, but after that match, 
Remember what I did with that chair? And I beat you up and you ran out the ring and, and, and now I got something over you. But in other words, try to get Ray to get under Bray's skin. And then all of a sudden, Ray's like, hey, you want a shot at me? You want to try and beat me up? How about you put that title on the line right now? Tonight. Okay? And I, I would have done it to kick off the show. Now, mind you, Ray is a raw superstar. And I understand that there's a lot of criticism over making sure that the wrestlers stay on their own brand. But again, this is story here. The whole reason why we didn't like wrestlers going in between both brands is because there was no story. There was no reason for it. They just go on SmackDown and then show up on Raw to have a match and then it wasn't anything. But this had purpose. This would have had a story. Ray would have gone to SmackDown, gotten under Brock's skin, challenged for the WWE title, and in some weird fashion, you could have had his son Dominic come out and create a distraction. You could have Cain Velasquez come back out, possibly with the ref turned around. Hit, I don't know, just something that would have shocked, and Ray would have won the championship on SmackDown. Now, Ray goes, hey, I'm a Raw superstar. I'm going back to Raw with this title. See ya, Brock. And now Brock has an, a real motivation to go to Raw. Not just to go and get even with Ray, but now get even with Ray and get back my title because that's mine. And you, and 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 it, again, it could have been a fluke win. It could have been like Ray rolled him up, one, two, three, he's done. Or or Dominic, his son, created a distraction, rolled him up, whatever. And then now Brock shows up on Raw, says, Ray, I quit SmackDown. I'm on Raw now because I want you and I want my title back. I now let's wrestle at Survivor. Now that makes more sense. Now that makes more sense. But anyway, so SmackDown comes on. Brock quits. Says he's leaving to Raw. Great promo. Paul Heyman always always great. He leaves the building, right? And this is my. This is probably you want to talk about uh, a way to set up a story without saying anything. Right? All the insiders knew already beforehand that there were going to be some NXT people in the house because of the situation where a lot of the wrestlers were outside. Uh, they were not able to go to SmackDown because of travel issues. They were in Saudi Arabia. So Brock and Paul are leaving the building, and then there's a shot right there. And you see Triple H first, and he's looking away like, oh, he's leaving. Okay. And then the, the camera pans back, and then you see <laughs> Shawn Michaels in full NXT gear. He had his NXT hat. He had his NXT zip up, and it was clear that something was gonna happen with NXT tonight. And I loved it. I love SmackDown, and, and and quite frankly, I think, I do think that this was probably the best SmackDown in quite a few years. I'm trying to remember the last time like SmackDown was like this good. It was great. I enjoyed it. I thought it was awesome. Everything from from uh, Shayna Baszler coming out and 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 beating up Bailey after she won her title match and and she she beat her up. I mean, yeah, she did get her from behind, but she beat her up. Um, everything to that, everything to uh, Champa showing up and 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 you know talking to Miz and and them having a match, which was a really good match, by the way. And I think it was a great way to. Uh, Introduce Champa into the 
into the night, you know, and, and especially with Miz, I thought it was a really interesting dynamic of having this guy who literally just came back from his, I think, second neck surgery in Champa, and going up and, and calling Miz and says, you're what's, you're what's wrong. You're everything that is wrong in wrestling because you play a part. And I just thought that, ooh, I, you know, honestly, I think it would be actually quite interesting if they would actually set up a program for Survivor Series between the both of them where you have the Miz who's this his character is like this you know he has his own tv show he's been in movies he's a star he plays the character he plays the role right he's hollywood he's 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 the the face of wrestling if you will and you got champa who's who was a nobody honestly and then made a name for himself in nxt and is a workhorse and is an awesome wrestler who's the grit and the grime of wrestling. And then you would have this story of the the grit of wrestling versus the face of wrestling versus, you know, and it would have been a very interesting, um, uh, a very interesting dynamic and match. But again, they had a great match on SmackDown. It was, it was great. And you know what I liked about SmackDown the most was that they put all of the NXT talent over. Everybody went over. Every NXT wrestler that had a match won. And this includes the main event. And I got to tell you, and I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and play this right now because this match is my match of the week. So every episode, I'm going to pick a match of the week. And, man, this match was my match of the week. And that is Daniel Bryan (laughs) versus Adam Cole for the NXT Championship on Friday Night SmackDown. Isn't that crazy? I never thought I would say that or even see it. And it was a match. First of all, the way they set this thing up in the back where Daniel Bryan goes up to Triple H says, hey, what are you guys doing? You know, and basically challenges Triple H to a match. And that face-off between Daniel Bryan and Triple H gave me the feels, if you know what I'm saying. I got chills. It, immediately, I was back at WrestleMania 30, possibly the, the, one of the, possibly one of the top five WrestleManias of all time. And it was honestly what made that WrestleMania is the story of Daniel Bryan Starting off having to beat Triple H to earn a title shot and then win the title in that same night. And to see them face off was classic. And you can hear the pop in the crowd when they were facing off. And they wanted to see that match. They wanted to see Triple H and Daniel Bryan part two. But Triple H was saying, well, you know, I got my suit on and I'm not necessarily ready to wrestle. And what I loved about this is there's been so many rumors over the last five, six years about Daniel Bryan and Shawn Michaels going one-on-one. There's a lot of history there. Shawn Michaels trained Daniel Bryan a little bit when Daniel Bryan started. And there's just been history there. Everything from that to... Okay, I'm, this may be for some of you guys who have been really watching, but back a few years ago when Daniel Bryan really first started getting hot, when he first started becoming a name on the scene, um, it, there was an in-ring sen- segment uh, between John Cena and Randy Orton, and it happened to be in the state of uh, oh, Washington. No, 
Seattle. Yeah, Washington, which is the home state of Daniel Bryan. They had all the former champions in the ring. So Daniel Bryan was in there. Everyone from Daniel Bryan to CM Punk to Bret Hart to Shawn Michaels to Triple H to Big Show to Mark Henry. All of the former champions, Rey Mysterio, were in that ring because John Cena and Randy Orton were going to be uh, fighting uh, to combine to unite the two world championships. And the crowd was all over Daniel Bryan that night, even though the segment was meant to, f- to be focused on John Cena and Randy Orton. Well, that segment ended with a scuffle, a brawl in the ring between everybody. This included, uh, this is what really kind of started the Triple H, Daniel Bryan thing. But uh, Daniel Bryan went ahead and uh, ended up giving his finishing kick to Triple H in that scuffle, in that brawl. And then Shawn Michaels turned around and sweet-chinned Daniel Bryan. And once that happened, people were saying, "Okay, there's the motivation. We got to see triple. We got to see Shawn Michaels and Daniel Bryan." Obviously, that didn't happen. So, fast forward to Friday Night SmackDown, and so as uh, Triple H and Daniel Bryan are talking, and Triple H is telling, "Well, I don't have my stuff on," and but I think I might know somebody who will uh, want to wrestle. And as he's doing this, uh, Shawn Michaels is in. The, you can see him in the back. He's taking off his jacket, and it looks like Shawn Michaels is going to step in. And it was kind of funny how they were kind of teasing that. But then Adam Cole steps in, and there you see Adam Cole. And Daniel Bryan says, "You know what? I'll wrestle you. But if we're going to do that, we're going to do it right. I want that title on the line." They put the match on, and man, was it a title match! You have to go watch it. Uh, Daniel Bryan versus Adam Cole was amazing. You honestly didn't know if maybe they were just going to pull the trigger and have Daniel have the title for a little bit. Uh, but the awesome thing was that Adam Cole went over clean, and that spoke a lot to Adam Cole. SmackDown was great. Check it out. Probably one of the best SmackDowns, at least in the last five years, if not more. Um, Fast forward to Monday Night Raw, uh, the NXT invasion continues. It was a little bit different. It wasn't like every segment like SmackDown was, but you know they they did sprinkle in there. Which one of the coolest things was the whole Triple H trying to turn Seth Rollins, um, try to turn Seth Rollins uh, to come over to NXT. That was cool to see the uh, the OC and and and. Uh, Undisputed Eric kind of face off was really cool. You're talking about Dream Match all the way. And we'll kind of get into it in a little bit in NXT how that continued. Um, so the whole Seth Rollins thing about him not being cool and everything, I think there's some validity to that. I do think that he's a little bit dorky. Again, we'll get into this when we talk about Cody and uh, Cody Rhodes and, and uh, Chris Jericho, AEW, how they make their talent look. But I do think that what one of the things that bothers me about Seth is that he's a great wrestler, one of the best in the world for sure. Uh, but I think they, I think they script him a little too much. Honestly, I think he, I think WWE likes to have, have likes their big wrestlers, their big guys, their top guys to have a catchphrase, something marketable, something they can put on a shirt, something that the the crowd can chant, you know. And this this. You know, started from everything. I don't know. It, it's 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 been around for a while, right? You could probably even go back to Hogan uh, having you know catchphrases and Macho Man and all that, and well, even further back even. But you know, the whole burn it down thing is a little cheesy for me. 
when he always has to kind of end his promos by saying, I'm going to burn it down. It's like, what are you what are you burning down exactly? Um, I mean, if you mean burn it down, like I'm going to have a great match. I'm going to kill it out there. I think there's a better way to say that. And I don't think he always has to say burn it down. I think it's a bit cheesy, especially when he integrates it in his move. When he does his curb stomp and he stomps on the ground like burn it down. It's always kind of weird because the way he does it isn't necessarily how, you know, sometimes he's too fast or too slow and the, the crowd's like trying to catch up and chant it while he's, I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's a little bit cheesy. I think part of that is kind of hurts him a little bit. But the whole thing about trying to get him to come over to NXT and join is great. Um, I do think that it was a bit like redundant to have Seth go to Triple H and say, hey, you know, if I'm going to come to NXT, I'm not just going to come over as another guy. I want a shot at that title. If Daniel Bryan got one, I should get one. Like, I thought that was a bit, okay, sure. You know, I, I probably would prefer it if it was like Adam Cole versus um, Seth Rollins thing where it was like, uh, if Adam Cole wins, I join NXT. But if I win, you know, um, I get I get the title or some something or maybe not the title. Maybe it's just a simply like if Adam wins, he goes and uh, Seth goes to NXT. If Seth wins, he stays on Raw or something. I I don't know, but something other than the title. Um, that match ended up being a scrub uh, because Undisputed Era came out and interfered, and then you had the OC. It turned into a huge brawl. And and my favorite part about the brawl on on Raw, the way it ended is with uh, Keith Lee doing. <laughs> doing that flip outside the ring and it was literally as Raw was going off the air. I think they don't do that enough. I remember back in the Attitude Era what made those great is sometimes they'd honestly be still fighting or still arguing or something and just looked like the action was gonna there was gonna be a climate to, a, a climax to that action and then they would have to go. It's like sorry we gotta go we'll catch you guys next week and it's like oh my god like how could they end it like that? I thought that was great. Sometimes they get a little too, like, clean with their endings. Like, it's like, oh, after the match is over, after the bra, like, after they're separated on the bra, now it's over. Like, we just want to make, it gives you a feeling like, okay, I've seen everything. I don't, I don't need to really, and there's no excitement for the next episode, you know. So, I thought that was great. NXT was, again, a continuation of the NXT versus WWE, if you will, invasion story, which is really, really cool. You saw the OC beat up Undisputed Era. There was a spot, and uh, I, I went back to see if I could see if he was actually bleeding or not. But I'm not sure. Okay. There was a spot where one of the OC members, I think it was Bobby Fish, grabbed Bobby Fish and slammed his head up against some container, some wall that was there. And it immediately looked like as his head impacted it, like blood splattered on it. And I don't know if that was already there or if they like try to you know rig it to make it look like he his blood splattered on it but when you go back and look as he's laying on the ground it doesn't look like he's bleeding from anywhere so i, I don't know but the, the spot when his head banged up against it looked nasty it was great my uh, favorite thing about nxt's uh was this part in particular okay you have Ciampa in the ring he's got aj styles ready to put his finisher. Balor comes out, distracts him. AJ does a Pele kick, and then um, does a Pele kick, and then uh, gets up, and then look, and then Balor and Styles have this face-off. 
and it's not like a face-off like they want to fight, but a face-off like, you know, I got you, old friend. And then the other guy's like, yeah, you know, I always got your back, too, or something like that. And AJ Styles throws up the two-sweet. Now, for those of you who don't know, AJ Styles and Finn Balor were once in a faction called the Bullet Club, which also, actually, funny enough, featured Adam Cole at one time. It featured the Young Bucks, who are are in AEW. It also featured... uh, Oh, why am I forgetting? Oh, Kenny Omega, who's also in AEW. It featured Cody Rhodes at one time, who's also in AEW. It also featured uh, uh, the Good Brothers, the other two members of the OC right now. Um, it featured them as well. And so the Bullet Club was a, a very, very, very uh, big group in Japan. And it kind of took off about, I want to probably maybe, I don't know, maybe seven years ago, eight years ago. And all of a sudden their shirts got like hot. Like, they got, uh, they were like top sellers and hot topic and all that. Anyway, AJ Styles throws up the two sweet, which is what the Bullet Club would do. And then Finn Balor looked him, looked back at him, threw up his two hands like, like he was shooting him with the guns. And again, this is another sign of the Bullet Club and was aiming it back at him like he was trying to shoot him with both hands. But obviously, it, it's not what it means. Um, I thought that was really cool. I thought that was a very nice callback to the Bullet Club. And who knows, especially now that Finn Balor turned heel, we can see a reformation of the Bullet Club. They'd probably be still called the only club, the OC, in W. But that would be so cool. And then they can definitely become, like, the faction in WWE, like, just taking over, taking over Raw, if, if that's where they're at. Um, so I thought that was really, really cool. I kind of... Man, I kind of went through all of that real quick. Those are just some of the highlights. Listen, Survivor Series for me is going to be very exciting. I am very excited to see Bailey, Baszler, and and Becky Lynch go at it at a triple threat match. I think that's going to be great. Oh, that was the other thing on Raw that was awesome was the Becky Lynch, Baszler uh, backstage promo interview thing. It was great. I would love to see them in a program. I and you know. I mean, Bezo looks like she's going to be in NXT for a little bit longer, but whenever they do go at it and have like a one-on-one, that's going to be awesome. I'm really excited for that. Uh, Rey Mysterio versus Brock should be interesting. Uh, I do think Brock's still going to win. I don't think they're going to put the title on Rey, but it's going to be a good like a good match. I don't think it'll go very long, but it, they should put a lot of they should fit in a lot of action in there in the short time that they have it. But for me, the match that I'm most excited about right now is this triple threat uh, cross-brand tag team match between the Revival versus the Viking Raiders versus the Undisputed Era, Bobby Fish, and Kyle Rowley. This match has the potential to not only steal Survival Series, steal the show, but also steal the TakeOver weekend because TakeOver is going to be that weekend too. But... For me, this match has the potential of stealing all of 2019. This could be the match of the year. This is a match of the year candidate for me. Pre-candidate, if you will, because it hasn't happened yet. This has the potential to do big, big, big. And that is because all these tag teams are fantastic. And, um, man, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. This match right here is, honestly, for me, should main event Survivor Series. Um, but they'll probably have, like, a, you know, three tri-brand team multi-man team thing or whatever um but this match right here should be the main event because it just has the potential to like steal the show and I'm, i'm telling you this could be a match of the year candidate when it's all said and done 
So a lot of a lot of things going on in WWE. Great, 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 great. Survivor Series is great. I thought it was genius to integrate NXT into Survivor Series. I think that has done wonders. I think it's uh, kind of given Raw and SmackDown some 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 meat to chew on for a few weeks, and it's given NXT some more eyeballs. And hopefully, people start checking out NXT a little more. Um, I do think the timing is a little weird, though. Um, if they're going to put uh, NXT on Survivor Series from now on. I don't think it's a good idea for them to do TakeOver because then you're trying to promote both shows at the same time. So, for example, it's like, oh, well, we honestly just on SmackDown, we saw Adam Cole and Ciampa not necessarily working together, but beating up SmackDown together. And at the same time, they're fighting each other. Like, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. So um, in the future, I hope they don't do that. But a lot of great things happening and, and Survivor Series is for sure to be checked out. What can we say about AEW? Listen, I'm going to get into AEW real quick. AEW is awesome. It's been consistent. Great story. Great wrestling. But I want to highlight something. Something that they do that, again, makes them different from WWE. And that is their characters. The way they position their characters. The way they position the wrestlers to look. How they have them talk. And this is specially highlighted in the Cody Rhodes promo. Cody coming out. Saying if I don't beat Jericho, on you know at full gear, if I don't beat him for the AEW title, I will never ever challenge for the title again. Now, they've mentioned plenty of times that Cody is one of the VPs of the company, so they know that it looks kind of weird when their VP puts himself in a title match, but. I got to I got to tell you that what Cody kind of Cody's promo and people have been have you know even though it just happened the other day have been saying it's a career defining promo it's a promo that is special it's worth you know saying probably well his best promo and a beautiful promo like beautifully done like the way he, what he said how he did it and everything um was awesome and so, for me, what made this promo so special about um, what Cody Rhodes did is that all of the um, insults or things that he tried to come at Jericho with were real-life personal things. Let me kind of explain. So, Cody goes into his promo, and th- his jabs at Jericho are um, like real-life things. For For example, Jericho has a has a book called the lion's tale i think it's called the lion's tale or tales lion no lion's tale and um you know and cody made a reference to it and said you know i i didn't bother to read that book which by the way you can find on amazon for three dollars and it it hit hard right another example was that um jericho's prior complaint about cody was that cody was spoon-fed because his cody Rhodes' dad is obviously the great uh dusty Rhodes, and so Jericho said, you know, you've been spoon fed. Your dad was a, a, a is a legend. And so you just been everything's been handed to you. Well, Cody comes back and says, well, Jericho, if my mind serves correctly, your dad is a famous hockey player. So if you want to talk about being spoon fed, nobody knows that better than you. And these points that he was making, you know, and, and then Cody Rhodes even mentioned about his family. He does this for his family. He does it for, he said, it's not about my dad, who, which his dad had passed away. He's like, it's about my mother. It's about my wife. It's about my sister. It's about, you know, the 14 years that I've put in. And he like, 
and he was you can tell that he was emotional and all of these points for me what made this promo so special is that it hit home it hit real life points and it made it relatable now this is what makes AEW different is that these guys use actual real life points things that actually matter to them Cody Rhodes's character if you will which I don't even know if I want to call it that but Cody Rhodes so far to this point yes he's a vice president of the promotion of the of AEW but his motivations and what he does is driven by his family it's driven by putting in all the work and and proving everybody else why he is the best or why he is worth it or why whatever it is he has a has a line that he used that he went from from undesirable to undeniable and so that is his motivation everything is to show you why he's undeniable why you can't deny him now in wwe it's a little different if this were seth rollins and let's say he was talking about bray wyatt because they just had a, a feud. Seth wouldn't use real life points in 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 his in his promo against the fiend. He would go over the top, over character points that would be against the fiend. Right? So where Cody would use real life points, Seth would use over the top, over character points. Mind you, Cody has his motto or his line or his catchphrase, which is he's undeniable. He's went from undesirable to undeniable, but he found a human real way to get to it to where Seth Rollins probably would have, you know, let's say Seth Rollins was going to face Jericho for the title at AEW, right? I know it doesn't make sense, but let's just say, and Seth, Seth was saying, Hey, Jericho, you know, uh, I'm going to take your title. I'm going to beat you. And when it's all said and done, I'm going to burn it down. Right? And his points in his promo is, you know, I'm the best. I'm going to show you. I'm going to give you the curb stomp. And you're going to find out why when I step in the ring, I burn it down. Okay? Very charactery. Right. Got to make sure my catchphrase gets in there. Got to make sure I mention my finishing move. Cody Rhodes talks human points, real life points. He says, this isn't about my dad who's dead. This is about the living. It's about my mom, my sister, my wife, about the 14 years I put in to go from undesirable to undeniable. And you're going to find out why that is. That's why it's important to me. Now, the other side of that, Jericho, actually, his character persona in AEW so far has been a snarky sarcastic uh veteran who just is is a wizard and knows all of the tricks in the book and just is a guy who carries himself like he knows it all but he's also been very witty and he's even said things that have been funny so what does he do he grabs a he does a video a video package and basically it's a it's a mock it's a mockery 
it's a funny version of what Cody Rhodes's video package was a few weeks ago, meaning he used the same lines, the same images, and everything had a funny twist to it. Again, although it was funny, it was sarcastic. It fit Jericho's character because that's who Jericho is. He's witty. He's sarcastic. He makes fun of people that way using humor. And I just think that AEW is so genius in how they position their wrestlers to use human life points, human motivations, real motivations. It's not made up like you don't go, oh, well, you know, that's wrestling. But you look at Cody Rhodes' promo or look at Jericho's video pack and say, hey, you know what? That's consistent with who they are, what their motivation is. And it's relatable. And it's relatable. So AEW is great. I cannot wait for their pay-per-view. It's coming up very, very soon. And I hope that you check it out. It's going to be on BR Live, Bleacher Report Live. It should be It should be a great show. I think it's going to be a great show. But, um, man, so much great time. Uh, such a great time to be a wrestling fan. I hope, I hope that if you're not watching, you watch it. Become a fan just like I'm a fan. I'm excited. I hope you're excited. Make sure you check it out. So much great stuff happening. Well, guys, this is going to do it for me here. Thank you guys so much for joining me on episode two of Fuego Talks Wrestling. Until next time, I'll catch you guys later, brother.